Good evening, and welcome to Current Issues. I'm your host, Hisham Talawi. Welcome to the program, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight, we have a lot of technical difficulties, so uh, we ask everyone to uh, bear with us, especially in, in our graphics uh, computer. And uh, the worker on our audio, if uh, we have having problems with the audio, I'm not really sure how you uh, uh, are able to hear us. But we are working on that. Um, unfortunately, when you have a public station, public access station, sometimes uh, things do go bad and it takes a while to uh, repair them. As you know, public access stations is running on a very limited budget and uh, we have problems with our uh, graphic uh, computer. And, uh, but we will still, we will be able, we improvise a little bit. Uh, we will be able to show you some of the graphics uh, in the first hour. Uh, in, uh, in the first hour, ladies and gentlemen, we will be speaking with Alan Watt. Alan, he's a researcher. He's a researcher. He spent a lot of years researching the secret societies. Now, we have talked to you about the Freemasons, the Illuminati. You heard a lot of different groups, the Knight Templars, the uh, what else out there? There's a lot of secret societies out there that supposedly most world leaders are a graduate of those society. So, uh, Alan is an expert on the subject. Now, I, I do ask you to have an open mind. Whatever you are going to be uh, uh, hearing from uh, Alan, just have an open mind and use it as entertainment if, uh, if anything else. Because I am probably very skeptical, just like you, on uh, a lot of these conspiracies because we we're feeling it but we can't really put our finger on it but there's a lot of stuff that's been coming out lately about these uh, conspiracies and uh, what is going on with these secret societies that supposedly um, that we are uh, being controlled by and uh, Um, okay, I am, uh, all right, I, I, well, like we are saying, we have having uh, problems, so just give me a pen and I'll write it for you. We have having problems, and uh, we, uh, with the graphics, and I need to give them a password, unfortunately. So, uh, anyhow, um, what, I'm, what I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen, is just have an open mind about what you are about to hear. Um, what you are, what you are about to hear uh, from Alan. We will be speaking about who is controlling the world and how they are doing it, and how long have they been doing it? Because what Alan is saying is they have been doing it for a long, long time. Now, who are these people? How did they become where they are? And how are they controlling us? So, we will be uh, speaking with Alan as soon as we put him on. Do we have Alan with us? Is Alan with us? Okay. I guess not. 
Um, until we get Alan back, um, the uh, the government put out a video yesterday about the plane that hit the Pentagon. And actually, we have Alan with us. Okay. Uh, good evening, Alan. Good evening. Uh, can you hear me okay? Yes. Okay. I'm having a hard time. Okay, here we go. All right. Uh, can you hear me, Alan? Yes. Yeah. There's a little bit of feedback there for some, for some reason. Okay. Um, I, I, okay. Alan, um, I want to apologize. We are having some technical difficulties here that we are working on, but I think uh, we will be able to hear you. Uh, you hear me okay, though? Alan? Cambridge and Oxford 
and train them in different languages to go over and start up newspaper organizations to give out propaganda in those countries. Now, I mean, we hear of the uh, Freemasonry, we hear of the Illuminati, the Knights Templars, uh, the Knights Templar. Uh, are those, I mean, are they one and the same, or are they separate groups, or how, or how is that? How does that work? Uh, the, the key is, uh, we know that the first group that came to the West uh, was the Knights Templar that definitely was a society within an organization, a secret society within an organization. We know that they had their own special oath to each other and they were also a sort of priest warrior type of organization and they became the first major bankers, international bankers of the day uh, who also used a form of, of checking system and they kept gold in reserves which they could give to, to depositors on demand so they were definitely international bankers um, however in 1906 uh, there was a convocation, the great convocation of the Rosicrucian Society in Allentown, Pennsylvania and they put a book out at the time and the, the head who was called Kleinber, that was his name, uh, he said, I summoned all the lodges, the, the Grand Lodge of England, the Scottish Rite Lodge, the Eastern Star, uh, uh, the Rosicrucian, all of them. He summoned all the lodges and they all came for the, the convocation, which meant they were all one and the same organization at the top, at the top level. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, they have like a big structure and these, these like... Uh uh, on top, I know they have like a certain degrees, like uh, Mason or first, second, third, and I think the highest is thirty-second degrees. I mean, it's much uh, higher. It's, uh, okay. Now, who? I mean, who are these people? Uh, the ones at the top, uh, um, as I say, when you trace them back to the to groups like the um, the Cecil Road Foundation and the Round Table groups. Uh, and the Lord Alfred Milner that joined the Cecil Road organization, they merged the two to create a world empire uh, based on a, 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 the, the British type system. Um, you find that, that they're all interwoven with these same Freemasonic organizations to bring world unity. Um, and again, not just world unity, but a brand new way of living where eventually, and they've written about this in their own books, um, that there would be no private property. Um, um, people would basically live to serve the world state uh, as an honor, in fact. And so free trade and money, in fact, is really just a means to an end. It's not the end in itself. It's a means to an end. So we're going through a transition resources into a, a singular structure. Uh, there's no other way it can be under the United Nations rules and their own charter is for world government. Uh, when they set up the League of Nations back uh, at the time of the end of the First World War, um, they were far more open on that fact that they were there to create world government. And I think even if you go back into the United States uh, Constitution, uh, and uh, if you read the, the memoirs of Benjamin Franklin, his own diaries and letters, and the same with um, um, some of the other founders like, like Jefferson, uh, they both said that they saw the United States as the beginning of a, a world um, of 
federated governments uh, under a single government run by 12 wise men. Um, so they, they envisage a global government coming out of the United States. So, I mean, that, that's what they are after, is to get a global government, right? So they have, oh, absolutely. Uh, like, citizens of the world, is that what they're after? Yes, in fact, the Illuminati were the first ones to openly, and, and remember, Adam Weishaupt was only one branch of a much older organization. Uh, he, he gets the blame for everything, but he did not come up with the idea. He just stuck his head up in time. And the Illuminati in Germany, in fact, his branches, his lodges were called the Bienenorden, meaning the order of the bee or the beehive. And that was the same symbol you'll find in, in the painting, the Masonic painting of George Washington. The beehive is down below his feet in that major painting. Okay. So they were all Illuminati. That was, that was the key to it. When Adam Weishaupt was chased out of Bavaria, he went to Saxe-Coburg, and they gave him a lifelong pension to live there and to continue his work. Well, the, the, the royal family of England, uh, their full name is Saxe-Coburg-Gotha because those same families moved into Britain with King George. Okay. Um, so here you, here you have the oddest thing where, where you think why on earth would, would royalty um, put out a guy like Weishaupt to apparently oppose them and, and it's not until you clue into the fact that there is a, an actual um, a, a science behind this, this technique of wanting change and, and, and starting something off, but you need opposition uh, to, to get it, the ball rolling. Once you have the ball rolling, you get the synthesis, okay. and that's actually what they're after. Yeah. Okay, um, we're going to be going to a break here in a second. So uh, just stay with us, uh, Alan. We have a lot to talk about. Uh, we will be right back. Righto. the show ladies and gentlemen we are speaking with Alan Watt he is he has done uh, a lot of work on the um, secret societies as a matter of fact he has uh, a book and uh, some DVDs what's the name of your book uh, Alan uh, it, there's actually three of them it's called Cutting Through and I won two and three now and Cutting Through were, the Matrix right that's right, yeah. Okay, what are the metrics that you are trying to help people cutting through? Uh, the matrix really is the system of reality. Uh, everything we take for granted as being normal, um, in fact, is a planned structure. It's a structured, planned society that we're living in. And it's based on a, a science uh, around all mammals. Mammals look towards the adults to warn them of uh, dangers and problems. And if the adult doesn't warn them that the, the, the young don't know there's anything wrong, they think that the, uh, the, for an animal, for instance, a young bear might think a human is a friendly person. Uh, it's the same with people. If your parents have swallowed their conditioning and they don't know how to, war or to, to even warn the child, 
the child grows up thinking that everything has just evolved this way in some natural haphazard fashion, therefore it must be normal. And when you point out to them uh, through old books, etc., uh, things that are happening today and say, well, this was written a hundred years ago, how come it's happening today? Um, they still must think it's a coincidence because they believe everything is just evolving on a daily basis. Okay. Now, um, Alan, it's, it's really hard for people to understand exactly what these people are trying to do, but mainly control. And we know they control the economy of the world. We know yeah. they probably control most of the governments in the world too, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. but but also there was something interesting uh, that you spoke about, which is trying to control the minds of people. Can you touch on that? Yes. Uh, uh, for for the total control in any system, everybody must be predictable. Every individual must be predictable. The trouble in the past is that, that uh, some people would sneak through their system, they wouldn't catch them, and they'd grow up, and they'd cause problems down the road. So uh, through a standardized educational system, they could uh, find the, the possible uh, leadership, those with leadership qualities and abilities, and catch them young, and either guide them into the system, or else what you'll find today, I think they're putting them on little and you find it's mainly young males that are being put on little and, and they're extroverted, mm-hmm. they have leadership qualities. So the educational system, you'll find this in Freemasonic literature, they take uh, the credit for giving the Western world uh, its school system, and it's a standardized school system. The whole thing with the communist side of things, which is only the other hand of the same body, uh, which they need to need opposition, um, and the communist side of it was to, to centralize all government and all governmental institutions. Well, now they've done the same thing on a, on a worldwide basis because you have a national educational association, which in turn belongs to the international educational association, which belongs to UNESCO, the United Nations. So the United Nations is, and they, they see this in their own literature, that their function is to create a common world culture through the young through the training of the young, through a standardized education. Okay. So what about, very, very important. What about physically controlling the minds of people? Uh, physically, um, so much uh, has been documented on this aspect of it. Um, going back to the 1950s, you have the grandson uh, of Charles Darwin. You find these families are so important because they, they seem to carry on the tradition in the family of the function, the same function. And um, Charles Galton Darwin, he was a physicist in the 1950s, and he put out a book called The Next Million Years. And in there, he outlined on behalf of uh, an elite class in, in England the fact that they'd have to cull off an awful lot of the useless eaters, as they call them, in a post-industrial society. They wouldn't need them, they said. And if they allowed them to breed uh, willy-nilly, they'd eventually out-breed out, uh, the ruling classes. And he suggested different methods of uh, uh, lobotomizing, literally lobotomizing the brain of people through chemical means or bacterial means or bacterial warfare methods. Uh, this was, this was um, 
this book was hailed as a masterpiece by all the, the major British newspapers at the time. And um, the, the next million years was a boast that they could be in charge of the world's destiny for the next million years. He did say in that book that they could not alter the brain of, of the leaders, the, the world's elite, he said, because they must retain their survival capabilities, whereas the, the, the average person wouldn't need those survival capabilities because the state would be taking care of all their decisions and making them for them. And now, that's how blatant these guys are. Now, I, I, I came across a little gadget that says mind control on it, that with electromagnetic waves that y you, you can actually control someone's mind? Yes. Mm -hmm. This is old technology. It's very old technology. Uh, you, you, you'll find, in fact, the major players in history were all high-degree Freemasons. And Alexander Graham Bell has given credit for the telephone, uh, which was the greatest boon for uh, intelligence agencies to get information from everybody over the phone. Um, but, but his father was in, uh, working on this uh, voice-to-skull technique long before he was. And it was a technique of uh, broadcasting electromagnetic pulses straight into the, to the brain. Uh, on a subconscious, on a conscious level, sometimes you would be unaware of, uh, that these thoughts were being introduced. Uh, but a subconscious level, your mind could actually read the coding that was sent to you. Um, so this is a very real science. It's old science, in fact. Okay. And it has been used. Uh -huh. Okay. So, so, so far we know they control the money, they control the economy, they control government, and they also want to control the population of the world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. How are they doing that? So are they, are they designing population now unless you have a, uh, actually a function to do in the society? You will not be born in the society? Is that That's right. what yeah. eventually they want to get to? That's exactly where they want to get to. And various authors... Um, uh, like Charles Galt and Darwin uh, wrote about that, uh, that the, the people who would be born in the future would be there to serve the government or, or this, the world state, they called it. And um, no one would be born unless they had a function that they were needed in that system. And you can trace this all the way back even further because Plato wrote about this in, in the Republic. Uh, Plato himself uh, boasted about being initiated into the mysteries, as he called them, uh, while he was studying in Egypt. So this is a very, very old agenda, and the sciences that have been used down through the ages are sciences which are kept hidden from the public. Okay. Um, what about the mass drugging of societies? Uh, that was also a thing that Charles Galt and Darwin promoted, and then it was taken up as well by Aldo Huxley, uh, who wrote Brave New World and in Brave New World Revisited in the non-fiction book he said that, that he really believed that um, Rome fell he said because the, the government couldn't provide enough bread and circuses whereas a scientific uh, dictatorship could, uh, there's no reason why it couldn't run forever by, by using chemical means to drug the populace um, so, yeah, they have written about this widely, in fact, in various books, yeah. Okay. Um, the sterilization, interestingly enough, 
Um, if, every year the United Nations gives out the, the sperm count of the Western male. <laughs> and it's uh, about due now, in fact. This is generally when they give out these statistics. And they, they, amongst all the other statistics, they just put it in there. Now, last year the Western male was down 75% of the, of the 1950s count. So he's only 25% sterile. That's all he is now. I mean, and, and yet there's no panic about it. The reason there's no panic is because it's deliberate. And I really think that when you go back to the writings uh, which were included in the Department of Population Control at the League of Nations in the First World War, they talked about inoculating people with, with, a, with certain um, chemicals which would render the people infertile. This, I think this has been done. Okay. Um, now, what do you think is going on with the, uh, the, the this immigration thing that we see, this illegal immigration coming uh, to the United yeah. States? You think that's organized? Uh, there's something behind it, or this is just arbitrary? Oh, it's organized, all right. It was organized because, again, at that 1906 convocation they held at the, 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 the largest one for Freemasons in Pennsylvania, Allentown, Pennsylvania, they said that their duty was to work towards a, uh, a United Americas, uh, beginning with uh, Mexico returning as part of America into the U.S. where the two eagles would be joined together. This is an old plan, this. It's, and also through the Rockefeller Foundation, you'll find funds all of these supposedly radical groups in Mexico. They, they fund them. So, so uh, yeah, these are well-organized and planned. Uh, Jack Attali, who was the Kissinger for Europe, he pushed for the European uh, Union. Uh, he wrote about that in his book called Millennium. Uh, and he published that in 1990. Uh, the subtitle was Winners and Losers in the Coming New World Order. And he said that eventually, as the borders begin to disintegrate in, um, in the United States, uh, vast numbers would flood in to, from the south into, into America. And uh, after much, much turmoil and chaos, he said, um, uh, most of America and the southern parts would be Spanish-speaking. This was all planned long, long ago. So we're just seeing the effects of it now. Okay, now let, let me ask you a question, Alan. Um, do you think, I mean, are, are we going through another cycle in this world where maybe we had uh, nuclear weapons thousands of years ago and we destroyed the world and then we coming back? Or the, the, Have you done any research on that? Well, I know that um, much has been made of uh, the Hindu religion which uh, talks about previous ages, just these are just classifications of periods of time uh, where they claim that the world has had um, many major previous high civilizations which brought themselves to ruin. Um, uh, and they say that the, 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 the Brahmins, for instance, claim that they are the survivors of a previous type of human that lived from a previous age, and that high-tech weaponry was used, or, or ray guns, we would call them, I suppose, were used by the gods as they fought each other. So it's difficult to say what's fantasy and what's being used by the New Age today to, to make us think this is inevitable. However, there's no doubt that science, as we're given it in this matrix system, we are at the lowest level of reality where science is concerned, and that's for all of the sciences. 
uh, for, for physics, medicine, and so on. We're at the bottom level, and all of the stuff we buy from the bookshelves keeps us in that level. Uh, in 1970 or 71, the BBC did a documentary on Area 51 in the United States, and they, sh they photographed these flying saucer machines coming up out of this military base and uh, uh, traveling at incredible speeds. So these things are way ahead of uh, uh, level one reality, as I call it, uh, which is a stealth type technique uh, aircraft. So there are different levels of science coexisting, each one being kept separate from the other. Uh, so okay. it's even fascinating to watch them send regular troops into 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 war zones, still using really antique uh, firearms and so on, and it, they have no need of those uh, at all, really. Okay. Uh, we forget the Star Wars program uh, was up and operating back in the, the late 80s, early 90s. And they can literally eliminate either a single person from a satellite using laser, and or they can literally microwave a whole continent if they want to. Okay. Yeah. Now, let me. Um, uh, well, I think we're ready for a break. And, and uh, Alan, stay with me. Uh, when we come back, I'm going to ask you about uh, manipulation and uh, harb and all that. So uh, okay. we'll be right back. Right up. Gentlemen, we are speaking with Alan Watt, uh, cut, uh, his books and videos, Cutting Through the Metrics. Um, Alan, um, before the break, I asked you about uh, weather manipulation, if, uh, uh, if, if this technology uh, does exist in reality, and is it something that has been used or would be used? Yes, there's a treaty in it, the United Nations, people can look up. It was signed in, in I think, 1978. And uh, it was an international agreement where the major powers um, agreed not to use uh, HARP-type technology um, on each other in wartime. And the effects they said in the treaty were that the heart could use uh, weather manipulation causing either drought or flooding. It could cause hurricanes, tornadoes, it could cause earthquakes. 
the whole gambit was there, plus uh, uh, manipulation of uh, the minds of the public uh, by carrying a secondary signal that can actually affect the, the mind of the, of the general population. So this does exist. It's documented. The CBC in Canada, the major uh, television network, which is government-run, um, did a documentary a few years ago. I think you can find that in CBC archives, in fact, uh, where they went to the Harp facility. They show you the facility with all the antenna and talk about the effects which it can cause. So this is real. They are using it. They're spraying the skies like crazy. And, and it's all over the world that they're doing this, except for China and Switzerland. Okay. Um, I guess if we try to put all this stuff together now, trying to, 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 to understand what's going on, um, uh-huh. I mean, okay, they control, they want to control the population. Uh, you yeah. think what is happening on the southern border of the United States is organized. Uh, yeah. You think the, these people have a plan for us and the plan does not look too good for those who can survive, I guess. Um, yeah. So what's, what's the end of all this? Uh, is it, is it going to be a war or uh, uh, the strongest will eliminate the weakest? Uh, we're going to have nuclear I, I, war? I what, what's going to happen? I, I think this is all deliberate. The, the, the tension will increase. Uh, Jackson, remember Jackson Tally talked. Uh, these guys sat, sat in on, on world planning meetings. You see, and, and so they know the, all of the effects long before the public even know the moves that are, are beginning. And they expected. He wrote about it in, in the book, uh, the next uh, the millennium. Uh, he wrote about it. He said that hordes will flood in, including criminal classes which will um, cause mayhem in, in the southern states. And he said um, reactions will be provoked from the public, from the people. But really what's going to come out of it is uh, a whole new set of laws for, for a United Americas. And they're going to be restrictive laws on everybody uh, from from the tip of Alaska right down to the South America, uh, that's what's going to come out of it, is a new a new charter for the Americas, and they need the conflict to begin. They'll probably drag it out for a long time. They'll publish uh, over and over in the newspapers about criminal classes, gangs, and so on until the public are so sick. Then they'll come out with a solution. We'll all breathe a sigh of relief, and then we'll find out we have no rights whatsoever. That's how it will play out. Okay. Um, Alan, stay with me. We're going to go to the phones and with Joel on line one. Go ahead, Joel. Hello, sir. I tell you what, much, much better program tonight. Uh, I, uh, I'm learning a lot. I wanted to ask a question about uh, since you mentioned uh, population control, uh, population, uh, uh, I'm going to call it what it is experiment. Depopulation. Yeah. Well, what is, it, what is the information that he has on the G, uh, GM food or genetically modified food? Uh, for us for the sterilization of uh, the human race and has he got any knowledge or read anything about Aristotle and Aristotle's comments on democracy that uh, it's nothing but the rule of a mob and if he has any information about that and the genetically modified food if he has any information about that. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Yeah, with uh, Aristotle, Aristotle uh, again belonged to the same mystery religions trained in Egypt 
and his wife was uh, given to him by a, a, a international banker of that period from the Middle East. So he was well connected with the whole agenda, and they knew that uh, it's not really mob um, uh, rule. It's that they understand the sciences which can make the, the bulk of the population vote in their favor because they know human behavior. That's really what they mean by that. So they've never ever really believed in such a thing called democracy. 85% um, of the public were known in ancient Greece to vote exactly the way uh, that the elite wanted them to vote. And it's never changed till today. If you offer the bulk of the public something which sounds wonderful and free, they'll generally go for it and then end up in chains at the end. That's, that's the system of democracy. Okay. As far as the modified food go, goes, uh, I, I, I'm sure there are many, many reasons they gave it to us. Uh, Canada was the test guinea pigs uh, to, be, to be used. Uh, we found out only a few years ago when it broke out from Britain, when, when they passed the law there that they must accept the GM food. Uh, it came out that Canada had been using this for 10 years on the public, and we hadn't been told up until then. And then, then they broke out with a, a cover-up and said, whoa, yeah, we did a secret deal with Monsanto, this is the Canadian government, to keep it secret from the public. And um, who knows how, how long we were really using it for. We have no real idea. But there's no way uh, that you put uh, hundreds of different uh, genes from animals and insects and so on together just to get a bigger vegetable. I'm sure there are many other functions involved. And since, since the oldest drugs in the books are produced by plants, uh, I wouldn't be surprised that many of these things that we take for granted today are actually creating drugs as they grow. Okay. And affecting us. Okay. Tell you what, let's go with the uh, most uh, famous writer on the internet, Judy Andreas. Go ahead, Judy. The most famous? Oh my goodness. <laughs> I love your show tonight. Thank you. And Alan, um, I love your work. I just have a question for you. This is such a diabolical enemy with such advanced technology at its disposal. It just sounds so. I heard you quote Albert Pike, who talked about the fact that the that World War Three would be fought between Zionism and Islam, which seems to obviously be materializing. And my question is, do you believe that we are doomed to this destiny, or is there a way to avert this catastrophe? Um, I'm not so sure we can avoid it, because it's so far entrenched now in all the institutions of, of the world. Um, uh, the idea was even mentioned by um, other members of Illuminati too who said that they would bring the world to such a, a near disaster of elimination of the whole population that people would be so sick of all religions uh, that they would uh, then accept a new scientific form of control or an age of reason uh, as they put it and I think that will that may very well come because uh, um, under all the guises they're using now to steal the, the wealth of the world and put it under the control of a few uh, they're also using religion big time right now and I, I think they will bring it to a crescendo and blame everything on religion and sure enough they will come out with uh, uh, a new scientific uh, dictatorship and an age of reason however the reason that they're talking about is really a form of, of um, what Plato talked about, a guardian class, a hereditary guardian class who would rule the world. 
because Plato and all the elite since believe that they have superior genes in fact uh, that's the whole thing about their idea of evolution they believe that they are at the top of the food chain and they have the right to rule the lessers uh, so did Charles Galt and Darwin he made no bones about that uh, these people do not believe in equality by any means <laughs> that's a big joke to them now let me let me follow up on, on Judy's question um, with one of my own do you think that was the reason why they placed the Zionist state in the middle of the Middle East there, in the middle of that area? Do you think that has something to do with it? I think it had to, in fact, it was so heavily financed uh, from London by the same group um, uh, connected with Cecil Rhodes and Lord Milner, uh, the Royal Institute of International Affairs, they call it in England, and the American branch is a, it's called the Council on Foreign Relations. Um, they were, uh, even Lord Rothschild was on the board of the Cecil Rhodes Group. So they did, uh, and he, he did set off the funding to bring in immigrants into that land. Uh, so they set up their chessboard way ahead, and uh, they use all sides actually. Uh, to battle each other and never for the ending that they actually foresee it's for the elite's uh, ending which is always different so I've, I've no doubt it was set up there um, there are two good books that should be read uh, is by Sir Ronald Storrs S-T-O-R-R-S and he was the British High Commissioner for Palestine in the 1920s and he wrote his memoirs in two books one of them is called Orientations and he watched the coming in to the Palestine area of the bulk of, of uh, Jewry from Russia. And he said at the time that they were basically communistic types, atheistic types. And I always wondered why did the Soviet Union allow anybody out, uh, uh, especially ones who were supposedly religious, uh, unless there was another purpose for it. And really it was initially set up to be a, a form, another branch of communism, although that, that died away after a long time, uh, primarily because the women did not want to be separated from their children at childbirth. They tried that at the very beginning, and they wrote about it. So it was to be an experiment in true communism initially, and Sir Ronald Storrs documents the, the comings in of the different um, spokesmen for all of the groups including those in Britain okay. and at the time it must be realized that the bulk of the world's Jewry was against the setting up of uh, a state of Israel they had riots in London in the 1920s and 30s about this uh, because they did not believe that man was supposed to create the new state of Israel it was to be set up by God and therefore this one was really a fake that was being set up and they had mass pitch battles in London about it Okay, uh, Judy and Alan stay with me we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We are speaking with Alan Watt. Uh, he has done a lot of research on uh, secret societies and what they are trying to do with the uh, population of the world and control the world and the whole thing. And I believe we still have Judy with us. Judy, are you still with us? I am. It's just I have to listen to Alan through the computer because I can only hear you. I know. Uh, and there's like a, a little bit of uh, delay there. Yeah. Um, uh, Judy, you have any other questions for Alan or you want to make a comment? No, I just feel, um, you know, it, it just seems like a, such a fatalistic way to look at things because I know programs like Hashem's and, and other programs are trying so hard to educate people so that we'll, we'll wake up and perhaps be able to do something instead of just falling lockstep into these plans. But it sounds like uh, it's kind of choiceless from the way you're presenting it. Uh, unfortunately, you, you're probably right. The thing is, Alan, so, do we have a choice? Yeah, it's not totally fatalistic. I've got so many people from all uh, backgrounds and religions uh, contact me who are uh, on top of things. They, they know that every group is being used against every other group. And, um, and some mass movements that, that have happened, even big demonstrations, uh, about uh, the conflict uh, in the Middle East have taken p uh, part uh, in New York where thousands have marched, including rabbis, and yet they didn't get one single notice in the newspaper that they were against this and even what Israel is doing. So um, uh, that's the problem. The major media is totally uh, controlled by the ones that run the, the system. So, Alan, I mean, this thing, I mean, do these, these people plan like 200 years at a time? Uh, is this thing hereditary where they just they inherit uh, these organizations from um, their parents and grandparents? I mean, you know, if we, if we look at what's going on now, uh, what you're saying that the seed was planted 200 years ago. Or maybe longer. Oh yes, there's uh, no doubt on that. Uh, and really, when you look at uh, long-range business plans, how, how business operates for corporations, they'll work out investments from 50 years to 100 years ahead where they want to be. And when you go into the histories of the diplomatic service in London, uh, that's how they operated. They did work towards the creation of a world empire. Um, they knew at the time as well in the 1920s that they couldn't do it all by themselves. In fact, John Dee, uh, who was the man who co coined the term the British Empire and suggested a world empire to Queen Elizabeth I, um, they knew that they couldn't do it alone. And um, in the 1920s, Rudyard Kipling, a very high Freemason, uh, for the British Empire too, who wrote many books for the British Empire, came to the United States and, and read his poem to the Senate. And that's the one he talked about, the white man's burden. And he said, we pass the torch on to you. So this was well understood that America would take over from Britain after the First World War. Okay. Uh, Judy, thanks uh, for the call. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank, Thank you. you. Okay, let's go to uh, line one with Ramsey uh, from Canada. Go ahead. I'm fine, thank you. Yes, sir, I, uh, um, I have a comment. That there's no need to uh, talk about the uh, secret society and all that stuff. Uh, all this information is uh, well documented. So, I feel like, so you got people like your guest, you're, you're playing into the hands of the Jewish uh, uh, Zionists, and, uh, and they're going to profit uh, uh, from this. So, um, 
Well, no, no, tell me, I mean, you made a comment, and it's, it's, it's a very important and a big comment. It's like, you know, it's like you shoot a huge bomb, and you say, that's a bomb. So tell me why you think, with what Alan is doing and what we're doing on the show, and uh, why do you think we're playing in the hands of the, uh, the Jews? Because if you say, like, as you know, the Jewish Zionists are very powerful in the, in the, in the media and, 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 and academia, and, like, and, like, um, you talk about the secret society and the Illuminati and all that stuff, like, like, all this is not, um, scientific or academic, uh, or empirical or factual, uh, material. You have to bring, like, well-respected, uh, scholars and, uh, when you talk about the issues, which you have done many times, like, like, like you brought, uh, Stephen, uh, Konofsky, uh, uh, and, uh, and, yeah, right, and, and, and other people, like, we talk about the secret society, and, and, and like, um, you know, let me ask you this, Ramsey, that, uh, you know, uh, Ramsey, do you know, do, do, have you heard of Alan Watts before? Uh, no. Have you read his work? Uh, no, I haven't. Okay, maybe maybe you want to because I, I really I have I have uh, studied what Alan had done and Alan had been on on hundreds of uh, radio interviews, TV interviews. Uh, he was on Coast to Coast with George Nori. He was with uh, with on a lot of them. And maybe maybe I mean I understand what you're saying that maybe we are playing in in, in, in the hands of the Zionists. I don't know why I'm going to let Alan uh, comment on that. But really, you know, you're not being fair with Alan when you say bring scholars because he has really done a, a, a lot of work on the subject. Uh, his website is cuttingthroughthemetrics.com. Uh, we apologize that our graphic computer is not working, otherwise we would have put it on the, uh, on the screen. Alan, you want to comment on what Ramsey had said? Yeah, yeah. Um, there's no doubt the, the, the high... Uh, see, the, in the occult, as they call it, the occult, the hidden... Oh, sorry, thank you. Um, uh, Ramsey, thank you. You might want to hear him on the uh, computer. We have a little delay here. Thanks. Okay, go ahead, Alan. Yeah, on the, in the occult, they always have at least two or three meanings for the same term. Now, now most Jews today think that Zionism means uh, a place for, or, or a new home for Israel, or a new Israel. However, uh, on a higher level, there's, there's world Zionism, which has nothing to do with world Jewry, because most Zionists are, uh, there's, there's more Gentiles in Zionism than are actually Jews. And uh, you can read about that at the setup of, of uh, Israel, um, uh, where they discussed uh, all of the Gentile Zionists and the future of the world. And it was not really a Jewish thing, it's an occult agenda. You'll find the top Zionists um, are interrelated and interbred with all peoples of the world, of all groups and all nations and all religions. And I think we have to look at things differently. We can't just look at one group. That's the oldest technique in the book. And we all end up losing. We have to take this and say, hey, we've all had enough of this. We shouldn't be fighting and killing each other for someone else's agenda. And that's when you start on the road to truth. Now, and that's when you start to lose their power. Now, Alan, l let me ask you a question, though. Uh, now, from your research, those, those people like the Rothschilds and and these people who are on top of this pyramid. Uh, proportionally speaking, uh, I mean, do, do, do you see more Jewish on, the, on the, the top of the pyramid? Well, what I see is what H.G. Wells talked about in, in his history of the world. 
he wrote a, a two-part docu- uh, history of the world, a non-fiction. And, and H.G. Wells was a propagandist for the British Empire. He did get paid by the Secret Service. And in there, he had a, a list of peoples that would combine to lead the world into a new world order. And it was to be those who had been most successful uh, by becoming uh, controllers of industry and the, the biggest financiers of the economy. And he did not mean the ordinary people. He meant the multi-multi-millionaires that had proven it by long, long lineages of control. And when you look into the Rothschild family, uh, these guys have been bankers for, for hundreds and hundreds of years, maybe even longer than we'd ever suspect. And when you understand, when you read the, the histories of the Rothschilds, uh, and even some of their own memoirs, like Victor Rothschild, these guys did not believe in any religion except true science, these particular characters. So I think that H.G. Wells was quite right. They did take in the top elite of every country uh, with a historical proven uh, record on maintaining control intergenerationally. But uh, this is where uh, they spread the conflict. They they tend to get the ordinary people blamed while the the elite ones go go free. This is the oldest technique in the book. Alan, um, you want to go ahead, we, we're coming to the end of the show now, uh, go ahead and, and give your website and how people can get your uh, material. Yes, it's, uh, it's called CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com and uh, on there you'll find um, how you can get the books. Uh, they're also available on MP3 for, for those that don't want the paper and uh, lots and lots of talks I've given to try to break through the, um, the, the what I see is the intentional setting up for pe- people to battle people at, for their final battle and none of us are going to win if we're, if we're fighting each other that's all I can really say okay. thank you Alan, thank you for coming on the show it's a pleasure yeah. thanks okay ladies and gentlemen we only have a few moments left in the uh, show I just want to tell you, I hope you uh, looked at the show with open mind.